This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. For those of you who have your Bibles or devices, we are in Genesis chapter 28 this morning, the end of the life of Abraham. So this will be the concluding message in the series on the life of Abraham. Genesis 28, starting with verse 1. Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Zimran, Jokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan fathered Sheba and Dedan. The sons of Dedan were Ashurim, Latushim, and Lum. The sons of Midian were Ephah, Epher, Hanak, Abida, and Eldaah. All these were the children of Keturah. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac, but to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac eastward toward the east country. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years and was gathered to his people. Isaac and Ishmael, his sons, buried him in the cave of Machpelah, in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite, east of Mamre, the field that Abraham purchased from the Hittites. There Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife, and the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac, his son. And Isaac settled at Ba'er Lahoiroi. These are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar, the Egyptian, Sarah's servant, bore to Abraham. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, named in the order of their birth. Neboath, the firstborn of Ishmael, and Kedar, Adbiel, Mibzem, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tima, Jeter, Nafish, and Kedama. These are the sons of Ishmael, and these are their names, by their villages and by their encampments, twelve princes according to their tribes. These are the years of the life of Ishmael, a hundred and thirty-seven years. He breathed his last and died, and was gathered to his people. They settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt in the direction of Assyria. He settled over against all his kinsmen. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Wes. Well, we are at the end, as Wes said, of our Abraham series. Uh, I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss old Abe. I, I'm, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed going through his his life, and you know, speaking of being at the the finish of this series, um, we're also speaking on that topic: finishing. We're all going to have a time where we reach the finish line of life. When we get there and look back on our life, will we be sad or satisfied? For the Christian, this is not about if we, if we paid off our mortgage or how much money we we left in the bank for whoever's going to take it. It will not be about how much, how much fun we had. 
or how high we climbed on the social ladder. It will be about faith. Did we live in a way that put our hope in the promises that come through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? If we did not live in the reality of our hope, we will not be happy at the end of our life. The Bible describes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. As Christians, we can build our life on our own foundation, what, what we think is important without God, or we can build it on the foundation of our faith in Christ. If we build it on our foundation, our own foundation, we are told that our efforts in this life will, will burn up. They'll be worthless. Let, let me pick up that thought in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in, in verse 15. The Apostle Paul says, If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. You see, God's grace, evidenced through our faith in Christ and his sacrifice, is what, is what grants us eternal life with our Father. But if we build on another foundation in our life, when we get to the end, we will not be ready or satisfied to take that step into eternity. It, it will feel like stepping through the fire, even though it need not be. So this is our final topic in our series. The final topic is the final topic. Our death. We, we got to talk about it, because it's going to happen. Unless the Lord returns. We will all face it, so we have to get ready for it. So let me start by briefly just setting up the scene from our text this morning. So Abraham has taken another wife, Keturah. He has six children with her. And, and, and we're not sure exactly when this happens. Okay, we're not sure if it happened when Sarah was still alive or after her death. Uh, but needless to say, there, there's another wife or concubine in the picture. Ishmael makes a reappearance, and he had 12 sons, which shows that God was faithful to the promise to Abraham that he would bless Ishmael into a nation, even though he would not be the nation to carry the blessing to all nations. Between Isaac's marriage, which was last chapter, and Abraham's death, there is 35 years. All right, so with, with that scene, let's look at how Abraham gets ready for death. The first thing we see here is that Abraham has put God at the center of his life. 
All right, so that's our first point, God as our center. And this is clearly seen in verse 5. Abraham gave all he had to Isaac. So Abraham had Ishmael and, and then 12 grandchildren through Ishmael. He had six children through Keturah, yet he gave all he had to Isaac because he was the one promised by God to carry the future blessing. All right, that's, that's living with God as your center. I, I know some people have the, the numeric scale of importance in their life. Right? You kind of number the things that are, that are of, of most importance. You know, example, you know, God is number one. Spouse is number two. Children are number three. My job is number four. Right? And so on and so on. But I think it's better to think of God as the center rather than number one on the, on the ladder. Because, because he needs to be in your marriage. And he needs to be in your parenting. And he needs to be in your workspace. He needs to saturate every part of your life. Because God was the center of Abraham's life, we saw that he, he moved to an unknown land. He, he never settled down, but built, or, or, he, or built his dream house. He didn't do anything like that, but instead lived in tents all of his life. He had to travel through the land. God instructed him to do so. He, he sent away his firstborn son, whom he loved, with a promise from God, and was willing to sacrifice his son, the son of promise, at God's request. That's what that song was about, when praise demands a sacrifice. And now Abraham gives all he has, the majority of his wealth, right, the lion's share, to Isaac. Further, look at, look at verse 6. But to the sons of his concubines, Abraham, Abraham gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son Isaac, eastward to the east country. So look how, look how Abraham sets up things according to the promises of God. Isaac will stay in the promised land. I remember, he wouldn't even let him leave to, to go check out his new wife. He gives gifts to his other sons and, and sends them east, out of Canaan. So he gives them some wealth, but he sends them away while he's still alive, to ensure that there's no power struggle in regard to who the God-appointed heir is to the land and to the future blessing. Now, obviously, none, none of us will, will ever be in this situation with our children. But it reminds us that, that living with God at the center of our lives requires some hard decisions. 
it, it may mean leaving a lucrative job because, because maybe you've noticed that, that there's some unethical practices going on. Or it might just be the fact that we're called to have difficult conversations with fellow Christians about things that we see in their lives that, that are not God-honoring, and so we're concerned about that. It's easier to leave it alone. It's hard to, to take that step and to lovingly get involved. Abraham prepares for his death by honoring the promises that God gave him and that pass on to Isaac. He leaves things in the best possible state for his son. You know, some of you are statistically closer to death. Are, are you prepared and in your preparations, have you clearly shown that God is at the center of your life? Others of you are young, but let me remind you that death can come at any time. It doesn't need permission to knock. Now is the time to build on the foundation of Christ, making him that centerpiece of your life. Now we see the death of Abraham in verses 7 and 8. These are the days of the years of Abraham's life, 175 years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. So Abraham lived a long time. And we're told that he died at, at, in a good old age, full of years. Right, we, we get the sense of a fullness of life with this wording. Now, now we have to be careful here. Abraham's fullness of life is not related to his, his exceeding wealth. Like he was super rich. Or his numerous years. There, there, there were many in the Bible who died a lot younger than this, yet were still full when they died. Abraham's fullness of life is attributed to God's friendship with him. And that's our second point. God as our friend. You know, you might be wondering where I see that here. Well, it's not here. But it's found in three different places in our Bible. Let me, let me read them to you. First Chronicles 20, verse 7. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Isaiah 41, verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. And then in the New Testament, James chapter 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. 
Did you, did you notice the emphasis through all of those? The Bible is emphasizing that God is Abraham's friend. It's not emphasizing the other way around. And, that, and that's remarkable. That's remarkable. Not that Abraham could consider God to be his friend, but that God could consider Abraham to be his friend. And it's remarkable, remarkable because God transcends Abraham in every way. Right? He, he is far above him. Think of what a friend is. A friend is someone you are close to and that you confide in. We saw, we saw that with Abraham. Remember when he confided with him in regard to Sodom and Gomorrah? A friend is someone you trust and grow closer to. We, we saw that as well. A friend is someone you have affection for and even sacrifice for. And you know what? This, this is not just true for Abraham. This is true for you if you are in Christ. Jesus told his disciples in, in John chapter 15, verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. If you have put your faith and trust in Christ, he has laid down his life for you. He has chosen you to be his friends. And he had to choose you because you could never have chosen him on your own. It, it, would, it, would, be, it would be like you choosing like, if you were to choose God on your own and he didn't choose you first, it would be like you choosing some famous celebrity to be your friend. Right? So, you, you know, you, you, you add him on, on Facebook or whatever, or whatever social media is cool, and, and you, you know, you, and you start, like, contacting them and, you know, sending, sending them requests, you know, I, I, hey, give me your phone number so we can WhatsApp and all, all that kind of stuff. And it's never going to happen, is it? It's, it's never going to happen. The only way it's going to happen is if they choose you. Because they transcend you. In society, anyway. Jesus took the initiative in choosing you. By coming to earth and dying for us so that we could be called God's friends. What a, what a friend we have in Jesus, the Son of God. He's the perfect friend because he is God in the flesh. Therefore, he can, he can comfort us like no other friend can. He'll, he'll never break a promise to us because he's limitless. He will never end his friendship with us. He'll never say it's time for us to part ways. He is in it for eternity. 
you ain't never had a friend like Jesus. A friendship with Jesus is the one thing you can never be disappointed in. Investing in that friendship can prepare you for eternity, for your death. Because investing in that friendship grows you closer to the one who has befriended you. And what does and and what do close friends what do close friends look forward to doing the most? Getting together. Getting together. Good friends can't wait to see one another face to face, to embrace one another, to be close to one another. And then when they do get together, time never seems to be a factor because they enjoy each other's company and they feel happy and content and safe and loved. I think that helps us get a view of what heaven looks like and why it will be so wonderful. It's like being with your best friend forever. I want to look at one more phrase in verse 8. We are told that at Abraham's death, he was gathered to his people. What does that mean? Was gathered to his people. Well, I can tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that he was buried with his people. It's true that Isaac and Ishmael took Abraham's body to the plot of land that he bought, right, where, where they buried Sarah. But it was not there that Abraham was gathered to his people because there was only one person there, Sarah. Right? If, if this was referring to, to the burial plot, then it would, it would have been said something like Abraham was gathered to his wife. No, this, this speaks of the life after death. The, the great theologian Augustine referred to it as the end without end. This phrase points to the reality of the continual existence of the dead. The Bible does not teach that we no longer exist after death or that we fall into an eternal sleep until God chooses to resurrect us. The Bible teaches that the soul lives on in each person in complete consciousness. For the believer, we are immediately ushered into the presence of the Lord upon death. When the Apostle Paul writes about death in 2 Corinthians, he says this in chapter 5, verse 8, We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. 
So if you are away from your body, if your soul is away from your body, as a believer, you are at home with the Lord in your soul. When contemplating his life and death, Paul says in Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 23, that his desire is to depart and to be with Christ. He says, for that is far better. It can only be far better if we have a consciousness. Not if we're eternally sleeping or if, we're, if we don't exist anymore. And Abraham would fit into this category. Even though Christ hasn't come yet, Abraham would fit into this category. He has not seen Jesus in his time or, or in times past. But that is who he is hoping in. That is the one. He is the one who is promised to him through his line. The one who will bless all peoples. So who is Abraham gathered to? Who, who's already there? Well, he's gathered to, to Adam and Eve, who believed in the one who would come and crush the head of the old serpent, the devil. He's gathered to Abel. Abel, who sacrificed to God with, with the blood of his livestock in anticipation of the ultimate Lamb of God who could take away the sins of the world. He was gathered to Enoch, who walked with God, not according to his own wisdom and ways. He's gathered to Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord and was delivered from the watery judgment of God. And he's also gathered to all the unknown people at this point, who had put their faith and hope in God's promises to rescue from the darkness of this world, and more importantly, from the darkness that is in them and in all of us. A darkness that is so great, only God can deliver us from it. So whose people are you being gathered to? There's only two options. God's people, those who trust in his promises, those who make him the center, or those who reject God by rejecting the one he sent to rescue us. Jesus. Jesus calls himself the door. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved. Abraham was looking forward in time to that door by trusting in God's promises that would bring that door down to earth. Jesus is the only door to gain entrance into the place of God's people. This is the first and most important step in preparing for your appointment with death. 
It's the most important because most of us will never know when it comes. And so we have to be ready. We can't put this off if we haven't done this, if we haven't trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. You must enter through the door, and that door alone is Jesus Christ. Then you can enjoy living in the reality that God has chosen you to be his forever friend. And as you live with that friendship as the center of your life, you will find yourself ready and anticipating that final appointment because you will have built yourself upon a foundation that will only give you a blessed assurance. Only then will you be ready for the end without end. Let's pray. Our Father, we understand that this is a sobering topic, one that we don't like to engage in, yet it is an important topic, one that we cannot and should not ignore. And so, Father, I pray that if there are people in our presence this morning in the in the vicinity of my voice who have not trusted in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for our sin who can bring us out of our darkness and into the light of light I pray that today would be the day that they would knock on that door knowing that Jesus opens it wide to all who desire to enter. Father, for those who have trusted Christ and have found themselves building upon foundations that will be burned up, Father, help them, help us to turn away from that. Help us to build upon the foundation of having Christ as our center who permeates every aspect of our life so that we will be ready to have Jesus into our life, into our presence. We want to be ready for that moment that we're ushered into glory. And the only way is if we prepare and live in the reality of the friendship that only comes through entering Christ. If there are people here who are unsure of what all this means, I pray that they would talk to myself or perhaps talk to someone that they came with regarding these things. For they are most important. For they are eternal. So help us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.